What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we're ranking all 30 MLB teams, putting them into tiers, and deciding where the D-backs land, all on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, and of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. We're getting very close to 400 subscribers. We're just climbing there slowly, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. And before we get started, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Now, we have been doing a little power ranking. We had part one yesterday where we looked at the top teams because we're starting from the top, working our way to the bottom through these tiers. And yesterday... We went through four tiers, the championship or bust tier, which included the Braves, Padres, Astros, Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, the what's wrong with second tier. These are the teams that need a deep postseason run, but doesn't necessarily have to end with the World Series trophy in hand. If they finish runner up, they would be very happy. That's the Phillies, Blue Jays and Cardinals. Then we got teams that want to make a deep postseason run, but they don't even need to make it to the World Series. If they just got a final four appearance, they would be happy with that as well. And yes, some of these tier titles are March Madness related. And that tier, the final four tier, I got the Seattle Mariners and the Tampa Bay Rays. And then the last tier we discussed yesterday is the happy to be here tier. This is the team that would be disappointed if they didn't make the postseason, but also is not like, you know what? We have to go to the championship series. We have to go to the World Series. No, they're just happy to be there. And that is the Cleveland Guardians who don't want to slide backwards from last year, but are they really that much better than they were last year at the same time? Should we expect American League Championship Series from them? Probably not either. So those were the four tiers that we went through, la- uh, that we went through on yesterday's podcast. So now let's continue the podcast and let's look at on the bubble. These are the teams that are right there. Teams that can make the wild card or just miss out. Teams I think are going to be around that 500 mark. Potentially be above 500. Potentially make the postseason as a wild card team. Or just make it competitive in that last month of September. And the first team I want to talk about is the Los Angeles Angels. And look, I don't care what their naysayers are saying. I don't care what the haters are saying. I'm kind of... Not, I'm a little bullish on this Angels team. One, you got the two best players in baseball. ESPN just dropped their top 100 player rankings. Number one was Shohei Otani. Number two is Mike Trout. You still got the two best players in their prime. And 
Honestly, the rest of that lineup for the Angels isn't too bad when you look at the Taylor Wards, maybe get a bounce back from Jared Wash. You still got Anthony Rendon under contract. Like, I think their lineup is pretty solid. You got Otani. I think they signed Andrew Heaney this summer. Patrick Sandoval has looked good during the WBC. Like, I don't know if this is the year for the Angels. They still got Reed, the meters. I think that's one of their starting pitchers in their rotation. Young guy, rookie from last season. So, if they're a rotation, it's always to the pitching with the Angels because with Otani and Trout in your lineup, you're probably going to have a top five lineup or better in the American League. But the pitching is always the question mark with this team. And the Angels, at the minimum, should be a 500 team. But realistically, when you have the talent that they do, they need to be better. And considering this is a contract year for Shohei Otani, the Angels are not competitive on the field. Best believe Otani is looking at his options come the offseason. The second team I want to discuss here is the Minnesota Twins, who were on the cusp of making the postseason last year. Almost made it via winning the AL Central, arguably the worst division in baseball, probably the worst in the American League. And the Twins, they probably got a little bit better. They traded for Pablo Lopez, which I like a lot. You got guys like... um you got guys like Joe Ryan on that team. I'm trying to think. I always get confused with the Twins and the Cleveland Guardians roster. So I'm like, I'm making sure I'm not naming any Guardian players here. But for the Twins, they were uh, around an 80-win team last season, around a 500-win team last season. And I do think they improved a little bit this year. Their rotation was really not very good last season. And Pablo Lopez, I don't think, is a number one. But he's better than anyone that they had last season, mixed with the Joe Ryan from last season. And then you look up and down that lineup. If you could get a full season out of Byron Buxton with the Carlos Correas of the world and some other guys to come through as well, um, you have a makings of a potential division winner. I, I don't think this is really a team that could win, you know, 92 games. I don't know if I see that in the Twins card, but could they win 88, 89 and win the division over the Guardians who might be around that win total as well? I could see that for the Twins. Next is the Milwaukee Brewers who... I don't love this lineup. I'm not a big fan of their lineup. I think the lineup has probably just enough pieces with the Willie Adams of the world. You still got Christian Yelich there because it's really about the rotation for the Milwaukee Brewers because they still got Burns, Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta. And as long as you got that big three, you're always going to be a competitive team. You're always going to have that 500 record. The question is, can they score enough runs to give the run support to those starting pitchers that they have? Their bullpen, even after trading Josh Hader, to still be pretty good, led by Devin Williams. It's always going to be a question with the offense for the Brewers because they just don't have that offensive ceiling. Like The Brewers are probably like, a rich man's version of the Miami Marlins, where it's not very good, excuse me, not very good lineup, but a super stacked rotation. And if you could score enough runs, they could be in some games and you could be really feisty. But I don't think the Brewers are going to be a team that's really vying for the postseason. I think they'll just be one of those feisty, frisky teams that we see all year. They'll give playoff contenders trouble and probably play playoff spoiler come September but they're a team that I'm not taking seriously as a contender or even a team that can make the playoffs but they will probably be in the bubble and with the final month of the season they probably will be within striking distance of making the postseason so that's why they're in this tier of on the bubble this next team I want to talk about is a team that everyone listening to this podcast should probably love the Arizona Diamondbacks are definitely a team on the bubble do I think they're going to make the postseason I probably would say not, but do I think they could win 81 games, be a 500 team? I do. Do I think they have potential to win 85, maybe even get to enough games to make the wild card, which the last couple of years has been about 
88 games. Like, I could see the D-backs. I think the best case scenario, the absolute peak of this team is around 88 wins and a wild card appearance. But for the most part, this is a season where you get a 500 record from the D-backs. Corbin Carroll looks like a stud. Moreno's showing flashes. Gallon stays healthy. A couple, or you know, one of your rookie pitchers or young starting pitchers like Dre Jameson or Ryan Nelson or Brandon Fat, one of them really flashes and pops. If you get all that, McCarthy... Um, has a shows last year wasn't a fluke. Alec Thomas has a little bit of a bounce back. Like a lot of things has to happen for the D backs to reach their ceiling, potentially make the playoffs. But even just a few of those things happen, I think this is a 500 team. I think this team is going to improve on 74 wins that they had from last year. I think this is just a more well balanced roster, a little bit more deep. And maybe they still don't have that supreme, supreme elite talent. Like, they probably don't have too many stars on this team as it currently stands outside of Zach Gallon. We'll see if Ketel Marte could get back to stardom. We'll see if Corbin Carroll could reach in his full season of the majors. But they are just so deep with quality major league talent that I definitely like the D-backs as a team that could potentially make the postseason. And, you know, we'll see if they hit their best-case scenario. And if you want to bet on the D-backs making the playoffs in 2023, do you know where you have to go to place that bet because right now I think their over under for win total is 74 in FanDuel. Because speaking of FanDuel, that's where you have to go. Go place that over on the D backs win total on FanDuel because right now the tournament is heating up and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no sweat. Hold on one second. I was in the groove, but I forgot to put the overlay on for my YouTube audience. So let me start that one over because the tournament is heating up and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. They can bet on Everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. You guys know my favorite same-game parlay. Lakers are playing. AD, 25 points. AD, 10 rebounds. D-low, three threes. And Lakers to win. I think that parlay hit against the Sun. So, if you want to make money, or if you at least don't want to miss out on money, don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba All right, let's get back into the podcast. I had a couple more teams in the on the bubble tier. So far, I've named the Angels, Twins, Brewers, D-backs. I got two more teams in this tier. Next thing I want to discuss is the Texas Rangers, who like the Los Angeles Angels, because I know our guy, Silly Baseball, who we do the crossover with every Sunday, Monday, is not in on the Angels or Rangers this season because the Angels have sucked for many years with the Trouts, and now they got Otanis and still suck. And the, and the uh, Texas Rangers... They spend a lot of money, but they spent a lot of money on a guy who's injury-prone, Jacob DeGrom. So I know Sully Baseball is not in on either of these teams, but both of those teams are bullish on. I'm not saying either team is going to make the postseason, but I think I would, t- I think I would take the over on both of their win totals on FanDuel because I do like this Rangers 
team. I think they're going to be in for positive regression this year because I think Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon had fine first years in Texas, but I think your first year is always your worst year when you move to a new team. And I think a Simeon, Corey Seager will be even better this year with the Rangers because that lineup is kind of deep with those two guys, plus Adolis Garcia, plus Nathan Lowe. Like, I like that. They're going to have Josh Young, the rookie. Look at that rotation. I don't think the rotation is too bad, of course. Injury concerns with the DeGroms, even the Nate Avaldis, but they added Nate Avaldi. They added Jacob DeGrom, and I think they even added um, one more pitcher probably, but you still had Martin Perez coming back. Like I think they have a solid rotation, a really good lineup, and I like this Rangers team. I do think they get the over on their win total, and it would not surprise me at all if they stole a wild card spot. So the Rangers, I think, are a dark horse team and a team to look out for along with the LA Angels, but I'm not putting my name to any paper saying they're guaranteed to make the postseason. Then the last team I want to discuss in this tier on the bubble is the San Francisco Giants, who are neck and neck with the D-backs. Locked on's power rankings have the Giants at 19, the D-backs at 20. My only quibble with the locked on power rankings. But the Giants, I do think, will probably be around a 500 team. I just don't think... I just hate when people are like, oh, man, well, we've seen the Giants before exceed expectations. Remember when they won 107 games just a couple of years ago? <laughs> that was my goofy voice because anyone who brings up that season sounds like a goofy because it was a fluke when it was happening for the Giants. And they got I, I don't know if they got exposed in the postseason, but we knew they were never going that far. We knew they were just basically the NL version of the Tampa Bay Rays where they had a great plan. Analytics carried them far. But. All those analytics and smart decision-making was just masking for the fact that they weren't very talented. And I still don't think they're super talented, but I do think they're deep in quality talent. I just don't think, like the D-backs, they just don't have a very high ceiling in terms of superstars. But your outfield of Peterson, Hanniger, Conforto, like it could be a lot worse than that. Your rotation is going to have the Logan Webbs of the world and... Forget the Ross Striplings of the world. Like Their rotation could be a lot worse, too. And it is worse... This year than was last year because they let Carlos Rodon go, but they were just a smart organization. They got smart manager, uh, a smart manager. They know how to win ball games, and I do think they'll be around a 500 team. But I do think they will be behind the D-backs in the standings. Now let's move tiers and talk about the next one, which I have labeled as close, but not really. These are the teams that probably think they're in. The, these are the teams that think they're in the on the bubble tier, but really they're on the outside looking in. And could they have a scenario where they win half of their ball games? Sure. Is there even a world where they potentially make the postseason as a wild card? Yeah, but I would probably have it as like a 10% chance or less for these three teams to make the postseason. I think it's more likely that these teams finish with less than 80 wins. Like I see these teams in that 75 win range with a little sliver of hope that they could maybe get to like 87, maybe that's enough for a wild card spot. But because they these teams do have talent in certain places, I just think these are unbalanced rosters. And the first thing I want to talk about is the Chicago White Sox, who I don't hate the White Sox team because you're still going to have Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Yoan Mancada. Like their lineup is still solid. Just gave out the largest free agent contract in their franchise history to Andrew Benedendi. They're still going to have a solid rotation of Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Giolito. The only issue is their guys get hurt way too much. Their outfield stays hurt. 
Ben Tendi has been kind of injury prone throughout his career. Yohan Moncada, I think, is already hurt. The rotation, Giolito was had a down season last year. Lance Lynn is like 45 years old. Clevenger, don't even get me started on him. But Dylan Cease is no doubt a stud. So, like I said, there's legit studs on this White Sox roster. I just don't know how much I trust the rotation behind Dylan Cease. If you get a bounce back from Giolito and Lance Lynn is still good, that's major upside. The lineup, I think, is good. Like, this team probably does have enough talent to be a 500 ball club or better, but the injury concern, I think, is just too big and too real for this team. So that's why I'm just, I have to be more against the Chicago White Sox than pro Chicago White Sox. Just like the other Sox team in this tier, the Boston Red Sox, because the Red Sox, my favorite team growing up, and like the White Sox, they have some talent on this team. Like their lineup is gonna have Davers, Justin Turner, maybe get bounce backs from Verdugo and Kike. Just signed that Japanese uh position player, outfielder who just killed it in the WBC. Adam Duval is not too bad. Christian Cassis can have a breakout season at first base. The rotation, I think, is really the struggle because I mean, Chris Sale, I love he is a stud when healthy. The issue is he hasn't been healthy since they won a World Series back in 2018, which is now a half decade ago. They signed Corey Kluber to be in the rotation, who has not been good for a couple years. And then after that, it falls off pretty dramatically. So the Boston Red Sox, they try to improve their bullpen this year. I do think they have talent in their lineup, but the rotation, I just think, is too big of a question mark. So the Red Sox, I think, are pretty locked into around 75 wins and probably the worst team in the AL East behind the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, my God. I think I might have just realized I don't even have the Baltimore Orioles in a tier. I don't even know how I I don't even know how I skipped the Baltimore Orioles. Now that I'm looking at my list, they didn't even crack my tiers, but if I did have to put the Baltimore Orioles on a tier, it would probably actually be on their own tier between on the bubble and close but not really because I think they have more talent or I think they're just in a better position. I like the direction a little bit more of a team like of the Orioles than the White Sox or Red Sox are probably have them in their own tier between on the bubble and close, but not really. Orioles have a ton, a ton of young talent with the Adley Rushmans and Gunnar Henderson's, and we might even see more rookies on the team this year. I don't think they're a team that's on the bubble vying for a playoff spot. I don't I, I don't really see a scenario where they win 85 games because I think that division will beat them up, but I also think they're better than the Red Sox or the White Sox or this other team that I have here in this tier. So I'm going to put the Baltimore Orioles on their own tier between on the bubble and close, but not really. And I'm sorry, Orioles fans, I forgot you in this tier ranking. And then the last team that we're going to discuss in this close, but not really tier is the Miami Marlins, who, like the Red Sox, they're kind of like the, I guess, bizarre Red Sox because they have a really good rotation. Sandy Alcantara, Jesus Lizardo, Trevor Trevor Rogers, Edward Cabrera, Johnny Cueto. Like their rotation is stacked. But their lineup uh leaves a little bit to be desired. They traded for Luis Arias from the Twins. That was a nice pickup from them. Still have Jazz Chisholm. But after that, Jorge Soler, Avisel Garcia, Gene Segura. Like, I don't really trust. Any of those guys, I think this Marlins team is going to be competitive. I just think they're going to lose a lot of games like 3-2, to 4-3, to three, just because they they won't be able to score enough runs and their offense won't be able to have enough production to back up those starting pitchers, which I think will be really disappointing. It might be just a frustrating season for Marlins fans because you're going to be like, man, our starting pitchers dealing every single game and every single game. We can't muster more than three runs. A very frustrating feeling. 
And I'm sorry, Marlins fans, if you have to go that go through that this season. But right now, I think the Marlins are close, but not really. But I think in a year, they'll probably move up to this on the bubble tier. They just need one or two more people in that lineup. It doesn't even have to be a superstar. If you could just trade for another Luis Arias type, just someone of that caliber who you know is just an above-average major leaguer that could put in some work at the plate for you. Even if it's like a Hunter Renfro type, someone that's just batting like 260 with 30 home runs and like a 790 to 810 OPS, someone like that, just all you need for this Marlins offense. So I like this Marlins team. I love the rotation, but the lineup has a little bit more to be desired. Just like if you desire to buy tickets, but you try to go through Ticketmaster and one of those apps and it's confusing because buying tickets should not be stressful. And so many times buying tickets is stressful and it shouldn't be it should be a really easy process and i always find that there's too many sponsors on these apps and they always say lowest price guaranteed but is it really you can't cancel your tickets because then they won't refund you ticket people these apps are usually disgusting except for our new friends at locked on game time because game time i think is the best place for last minute ticket deals and it's also the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason because you get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps that's it and you're set tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. That's the most frustrating parts about tickets. You got to look through your email, might be sent to spam. Then you click on it, redirects you to a whole nother thing. No, 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 no. Game time sending it right to your phone. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code lockdown MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time. Today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And that's not the only thing I want to talk to you. But first, I got to swap out my overlays for my YouTube audience because the next thing I want to talk about is something that I'm really geeked out on and something that I'm in a competition with my other lockdown hosts for money. I'm trying to put extra money in my pocket so you guys can help me out here because I'm geeked out by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Baseball GM because this game is incredible because for someone like me, I dreamed of becoming an MLB GM or just the GM in general because I love managing my professional franchise. And this game is perfect if you're like that, if you're just like me, because if you have dreams of GMing or if you love the idea of fantasy sports and you like running your team and trading players and signing players, then this app is for you because you manage Every strategic aspect of your team, you play through the season and you lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing difficult personalities, navigating a franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Right now, I'm in the league against my other locked-on hosts. And guess what? I'm kicking their booties right now because none of them can build a team like me. I kicked their butts during the fantasy season, and now I get to do it through the Ultimate Baseball GM app. Now, if you want to do it with your friends, get everyone signed up. Get their apps downloaded, and then you can play against your friends. You don't even have to be online. So 
Locked on Dimebacks listeners get a hundred percent free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's look at some more teams in tiers. And we just went through the close but not really tier, unfortunately, to the Orioles. Somehow I forgot yet. I'm really sorry um, that I did this whole exercise. I forgot to put the Orioles somewhere, but I do think they're on their own. I do think they're on their own tier of in between on the bubble and close, but not really. Because again, I don't think they're really trying to fight for the postseason this year. And they probably have enough talent to be on the bubble. But I wouldn't be surprised if they trade some of that talent at the deadline once again this season. But I also think they're better than close, but not really. Just because those are the teams I think are going in the opposite direction. Except for the Miami Marlins. I just don't think they have enough players in their lap to score enough runs. So sorry, Marlins fans. A lot of people are kind of bullish on the Marlins this year. I'm not. I think their rotation is going to be stacked. Might even lead the NL in terms of stats for pitching staff, but I think they also could lead the NL in all the bad categories for lowest scoring runs, the worst average, worst OBP for their offense as well. So enough on those teams and those tiers. Let's move on. The next tier I have here is he signed there. This is a one team tier because this is for the team where it's like, whoa, this team is the land of misfits toys. Some of the players on this roster, you're going to be like, whoa, I didn't even know he signed there that offseason because this is the Chicago Cubs, who I don't really know what direction they're in. They ended last season on like a 14-game winning streak, and I think they're trying to be more competitive this season. But I look at that roster lineup rotation, and I still don't like it. But the Chicago Cubs are fun and interesting because they got so many people on that team where you're just like, oh, my God, I completely forgot he signed with the Cubs because Danzby Swanson. Did you forget he signed a massive deal with the Cubs? How about Trey Mancini? Did you forget he signed a one-year deal with the Cubs? How about Eric Hosmer? Did you forget he signed with the Cubs? How about Cody Bellinger? They just have so many former All-Stars and current All-Stars and past their prime dudes. And it's like this Cubs team, I mean, they added a whole bunch of Major League talent to their roster this offseason, which I think is good. But I still don't even think they're in the close but not really tier because I don't like them as much as the Marlins, Red Sox, or White Sox. I don't think they're on the bubble. I think this Cubs team is not very good. But I don't think they should be in the worst tier because I do think they're trying to improve and get better. I just don't like the way they're going about it. So the Cubs are in a tier all by themselves. Then the final tier on today's episode is the tank season here. These are the teams coming into the season and saying, you know what? It's not our year. It's okay. We'll go for the number one draft pick. The first team I want to discuss is the Colorado Rockies who have locked into the worst team in the NL West and their lineup isn't terrible Chris Bryan CJ Cron Ryan McMahon I don't hate it they signed Moose Mike Mostakis they just signed Jaraxon Profar set rotation Marquez Fralin Gomber uh I know Sinzantella I think he's hurt like I just don't like that rotation I think their pitching just sucks their lineup doesn't have a very high ceiling I do love CJ Cron but I'm not in on the Rockies I think they'll be in the cellar of the NL West <coughs> excuse me Cincinnati Reds are the next team we could talk about because they still got 
old man Joey Votto. He's, excuse me. I don't know why I keep coughing. They just, uh, they still got old man Joey Votto. They signed Will Myers this offseason. Jonathan India is like a solid player, but uh, a lot of people I haven't heard of before probably in this Reds lineup. Their rotation is just throwing young guys out there and seeing what they got. Hunter Green, he could throw a whole lot of fastballs, but is he really effective? We'll see. Nick Lodolo, we'll see how much he could do. Like this team is just going nowhere. They're rudderless. They're just throwing out young players and seeing what they got. It's going to be a deep it's going to be a deep rebuild for the Cincinnati Reds. Hopefully it doesn't take too long for that fan base. Next up is the Pittsburgh Pirates, who I'm not bullish on the Pirates, but need to check their win total again because I kind of think the Pirates could win like 72 games. Is that crazy? 73 games? I don't think this team is awful if they keep Brian Reynolds around for the whole season because you have Reynolds, McCutcheon, O'Neill Cruz, Carlos Santana, G-Man Choi, Cabrian Hayes. Like, that's not a terrible lineup. I think their pitching is awful. I think when you have a 45-year-old pitcher in Rich Hill as your number one starter, it's probably an issue. But I do think their lineup can score runs. I think the Pirates will be kind of feisty this year. Even though they're in the tank season tier, I don't think they're as bad as the Reds or Rockies. They're just probably going to be in last place, and so that's why the Pirates are in this tier. Next up, I have the Kansas City Royals, who, outside of Bobby Witt Jr. and Salvador Perez, not much going for them in their lineup. Perez is going to go very high in my fancy draft because he's a, a, a he's an elite catcher and just offense player in general. The rotation for the Royals, it's projected to be like Granke, Jordan Lyles, Brady Singer, Ryan Yaubauer. I probably mess up his name. Brad Keller, like that's not a very good rotation. Royals, you're going to be in the mix for the number one pick once again. 2023, the team that is really on the hunt for the number one pick. And Sully Baseball is bullish on this team. I don't know why, because I'm on Roto Champ. I'm looking at their projected lineup and rotation. I think I literally know like three players. This is the Oakland A's. I know Ramon Laureano. I know Seth Brown. I know Jesus Aguilar. But when those are the three names I know, uh. Not going to be a pretty season for y'all. The rotation, I I don't even know who this is. Oakland A's are a minor league baseball team. I am smashing the under on their win total. I don't care if it's 45 wins. I'm taking the under. The Detroit Tigers, definitely in this tier. Um, You got Baez, who might opt out at the end of the season. Their offense was just so bad last year. Like There was no quality offense players. Like No one on that roster last year you would have picked up for fantasy. It was that bad. I'm hoping Spencer Torkelson has a big bounce back because he's an ASU kid, Sun Devil. Whoop, whoop. Forks up, baby. So hopefully he has a bounce back. Riley Green, we'll see what he can do. He was a top prospect, but they're just not going. There's not much going for them. No more Miguel Cabrera, probably the most fun narrative. Or is he still around? I don't even know if he retired. I don't even remember. Whatever. Miguel Cabrera is old, even if he's still there. Whether he's there or not won't matter to the Detroit Tigers. Um, and you look at the upcoming starters for the Tigers. Erod, Matt Boyd, rotation, lineup, everything bad with the Detroit Tigers. And then last but not least, the Washington Nationals, who are another just minor league team, the NL version of the Oakland A's, because who's their best lineup? Who's their best position, position player in their lineup? C.J. Abrams? Dominic Smith, Corey Dickerson, it's really disgusting. Their rotation, Patrick Corbin, Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, like they're just throwing out young guys and minor leaguers and prospects. And so they're another team that you should not take seriously and another team should consider betting the under. Now that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow, not tomorrow, next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. It'll be the week before opening day, so a whole bunch of predictions 
dropping next week. We got to do our D-backs predictions for next week. So come back next week for more Dimebacks News Coverage Insight. Go catch up on any pods you might have missed this past week with Silly Baseball or anyone else. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.